The First Crusade had one objective, and that was the recovery of the Holy Land from Islamic rule. Members of high-ranking nobility and their men would arrive at Constantinople between November and April in the year 1097, with an army estimated to have been 100,000 strong. The Crusaders would win several battles, and eventually would capture the city of Jerusalem in 1099. The first king of the newly established Crusader state of Jerusalem, King Baldwin I, spent a lot of his life campaigning against various independent cities that spanned across the coastline. The region along the eastern Mediterranean shores, corresponding to modern-day Israel, Jordan, Lebanon and Syria, is the Levant, and it was home to many rich and ancient fortresses, most of which were still occupied by non-Crusader forces and ruled by the Egyptian Fatimids. Over ten years after the First Crusade in the year 1110, the people of Acre would see dragon-headed longships on the horizon, gliding through the waters, and leading them was King Sigurd of Norway, who led what is known to history as the Norwegian Crusade, which was an aftermath of the First Crusade. Many armies had tried to emulate the First Crusade, but all failed, being repelled by the armies of Asia Minor in the mainland, but like Sigurd's Viking forefathers, he used ancient routes, sailing around Europe like Bjorn Ironside did in his own raid to the Mediterranean. The Norwegian Crusade marks the first time a European king personally went to the Holy Land. King Sigurd was already a battle-hardened veteran, having spent a lot of his teen years fighting in Ireland and the Scottish Isles with his father Magnus Strifelover. Even being named the King of the Isles, which consisted of the Isle of Man and the Hebrides. Sigurd would eventually take the fight to the Middle East, sparking the Norwegian Crusade. But who was Sigurd the Crusader? This is his story. Sigurd was born around the year 1090 in Norway. His father Magnus, also known to history as Magnus Strifelover, or the last Viking, would always be at war. In 1098, when Sigurd was around eight years old, he accompanied his father on an expedition to the Orkney Islands, the Hebrides and the Irish Sea, being given his first taste of war. He was made the Earl of Orkney the following year. Magnus's conquest of the Isles was the first time that kingdom had been under the direct rule of a Norwegian king. In the year 1102, Magnus would set his course for Ireland. Magnus's plan was for conquest, but he ended up agreeing to a peace agreement with the High King of Ireland with a marriage agreement with his son Sigurd and the High King's daughter. On their wedding day, Magnus named Sigurd as his co-king and put him in charge of the Western lands. The High King recognised Magnus's control over Dublin and other Irish counties. However, during a campaign in 1103 to expand his lands in Ireland, King Magnus was ambushed and killed. A teenage Sigurd would abandon his wife and sailed back to Norway where he and his brothers were declared the joint kings and co-rulers of the Kingdom of Norway. Sigurd would rule the kingdom jointly with his brothers Oystein and Olaf for some time. This was very rare, as the brothers weren't fighting amongst themselves and squabbling over the throne. This relationship between the brothers ushered a period of peace in Norway that would later be remembered as a golden age. The expeditions conducted by Magnus and Sigurd were profitable to the kingdom, and many islands under Norway would provide it with much wealth and trade, allowing the land to grow rich. By 1107, Norway's treasury was filled to the brim, 
and Sigurd and his brothers had heard tales of the Crusades and the great warriors fighting in the name of God to solidify the Crusader states. All of the brothers wanted to go. At first, there was a debate as to who should lead the Crusade. It was decided that Sigurd should go, as he was the brother with the most experience with war and travel. So in 1107, the Norwegian Crusade was declared, and Sigurd became the first Christian king to embark on this holy mission. He was not even 20 years old. King Sigurd and his warriors were the descendants of Vikings, venturing across the seas and marauding was in their blood. This crusade would be much like an old-time Viking raid, with one main difference. This time, Sigurd and his men were going to worship the holiest Christian shrine of them all, the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. The journey would be a long and perilous one though. Sigurd and his men would depart from Norway in 1107 with around 60 ships and 5,000 men. He would arrive in England in the autumn, where Henry I was king. King Sigurd and his men were treated extremely well and would stay in Henry's court until after winter. In the spring of 1108, the Norsemen would set sail south. After several months at sea, they came to the town of Santiago de Compostela in northwestern Spain. Sigurd and his men had the permission from a local lord to stay for the winter. However, when winter came, there was a shortage of food which caused the local lord to refuse or sell food and any other goods to the Norsemen. Due to this, Sigurd now enraged, gathered his army and attacked the lord's castle and plundered it for all its wealth. Sigurd would soon find himself in another battle where he and his warriors besieged a castle called Sintre in Spain. It was said to be occupied by many heathens and King Sigurd would make quick work taking the castle. He then proceeded to kill every single man inside that refused to be baptised. The Skald Haldor describes the battle. From Spain I have much news to tell of what our generous king befell, and first he roots the Viking crew, at Sintra next the heathen slew, the men he treated as God's foes, who dared the true faith to oppose, no man he spared who would not take the Christian faith for Jesus' sake. Sigurd and his men would continue sailing along the coast of Portugal. They encountered a fleet of pirates. Naturally, King Sigurd attacked them. King Sigurd would annihilate the pirates with his battle-hardened force of warriors, who let's not forget, fought alongside his father in many campaigns. Eight ships were captured and were added to Sigurd's fleet. After this, the Norsemen continued to Lisbon which was said to be half Christian and a half heathen city, as it was divided between Muslims and Christians. There in Lisbon, King Sigurd would have again his third battle which he won. His path to the Holy Land wasn't easy and was filled with strife, but he would amass much wealth and glory along the way. A description of Sigurd's crusade wasn't pretty. In the Hemskrimla saga, it states, King Sigurd sailed westwards, along heathen Spain, and brought up at a town called Alcace, and here he had his fourth battle with the heathens. He took the town and killed so many people, the town was left empty. This song by the Skald Haldor portrays the savagery of the Norwegian crusade. I heard that through the town he went, and heathen widows 
wild lament, resounded in empty halls, for every townsman flies or falls. The year is now 1109, and it's two years into Sigurd's crusade. After entering the Mediterranean Sea, the Norsemen sailed along the coast of the land and made their way to the Balearic Islands. These islands at the time were perceived to be nothing more than a pirate haven and slaving centre. They first fell on the island of Formentera, where they encountered many Saracens who had hidden in a cave, and built a stone wall before the cave's entrance. Sigurd was a clever man, and he had his men bring large trees to the entrance of the cave, and made a pile of wood in the mouth of it. He then set fire to the wood, which set the cave on fire, and the resulting blaze and smoke choked and burned many of the Saracens who hid inside. The group of pirate Saracens were sitting on a hoard of wealth though, and once they were killed, Sigurd got his hands on the greatest treasure that he would ever acquire. Thereafter, King Sigurd proceeded to successfully attack the islands of Ibiza and Menorca, and the Norsemen were again victorious. The scald Haldor describes Sigurd's victories. On green Menorca's plains, the eighth battle now he gains. Again the heathen foe falls at the Norse king's blow. In the summer of the year 1110, King Sigurd sailed across the Greek sea and arrived at the port of Acre. From there, he and his northmen made their way to Jerusalem, where they met the ruling crusader king Baldwin I. King Baldwin received Sigurd very well and rode with him all the way to the River Jordan and then back to Jerusalem. The Norsemen were also given many holy relics and treasures that were fabled to the Vikings. However, King Baldwin would soon ask King Sigurd for help himself in capturing Muslim ports along the coast. In 1110, Baldwin's army would besiege the city of Sidon by land, while the Norsemen surrounded it by the sea. King Sigurd was instrumental in the battle, as the Fatimid had a fleet at Tyre. The city, however, would fall after 47 days. The scald Haldor gives the following account. He who for wolves provides the feast, seized on the city in the east, the heathen nest and honour drew, and gold to give from those he slew. When the city surrendered, King Baldwin gave a splinter off the true cross that Jesus had died on to Sigurd, as a token of friendship, and as a relic for his heroic participation in the Crusades. Thereafter, King Sigurd returned to his ships, and prepared to leave the Holy Land. On the way home from the Holy Land was the great city of Constantinople. King Sigurd and his Norsemen hadn't lost a single battle in their crusade, and were welcomed to the city as heroes, and they rode into the city with great splendour. Sigurd would stay in Constantinople for some time. Before he left the city, he gave the Emperor Alexios all of his ships and much of his wealth. The Emperor in return gave the King many horses and guides to see him to Norway safely through the land instead of the sea. As King Sigurd left Constantinople, many of his men would remain and would become part of the Emperor's bodyguard in an elite group called the Varangian Guard. King Sigurd then travelled through Bulgaria, Hungary, Serbia and Bavaria, 
where he met Emperor Lothar II of the Holy Roman Empire. He later arrived in Denmark, where King Nicholas accompanied him north to Jutland and gave him a ship where he could finally return to Norway. King Sigurd was joyfully welcomed back to his kingdom in the year 1111. It was common talk among the people that none had made such an honourable journey from Norway as King Sigurd had. He was just 17 when he left for the Norwegian Crusade, and on his return he was still young, at 21 years old. King Sigurd returned to a prosperous kingdom, and he wouldn't idle after all his adventure. He would build a castle in Konghel, which he made his capital. Sigurd was still restless, and eventually in 1123, over 10 years after his return to Norway, he would go on another crusade, but this time, it was to Christianise the region of Småland, a historic province in southern Sweden that had remained openly pagan, with its inhabitants still openly worshipping Norse gods. King Sigurd decided that he had to force Christianity on the pagans of Småland. In 1123, he gathered his army and would set out to steal pagan lands in the name of the church. It is said that Sigurd assembled 300 ships which would soon be gliding across the water, and the men on them were eager to plunder and kill for their god. Warfare between the Crusaders and the still heathen men of Småland on the Isle of Åland would take place. The Norwegian Crusader army would completely annihilate the opposing pagans and would force them to submit to the Christian faith. Sigurd would bring back 1,500 cattle and many valuables. In the year 1130, Sigurd would die and was buried in Halvard's church in Oslo. King Sigurd had been king for around 27 years, from the year 1103 to 1130, and was 40 years old when he died. The time of his reign was good for the country, for King Sigurd had never lost a single battle. His co-king brothers had governed a prosperous country, while Sigurd would be out forging his legacy of battle and would be nicknamed Sigurd the Crusader. And apart from Sigurd's two crusades, there was peace. I hope you enjoyed hearing about the life of this legendary king and about the Norwegian Crusade. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to like, subscribe and share, and I'll see you all soon for another History Profile.